yoga in combination with the food that's really when i started to feel that not only my gut was getting a lot better but also the anxiety the stress all these other things were also starting to to improve as well so that's really what what led me to becoming very passionate about helping other people on on their journeys hi everyone my name is natalie thomas I am a corporate yoga and meditation teacher, oracle card reader, and wellness mentor, and your host of the Now with Nat podcast. Here on the show, we are about cultivating consciousness and bringing more awareness about mindfulness and spirituality into everyday life. We provide insights on how you can tap into your own personal power and ignite the transformation from within. The guests taking part of the show have greatly inspired me, touched my life, and assisted me on my journey so far. I hope through sharing their stories, work, and knowledge, you too will uncover your soul's purpose and be guided towards self-realization. Now sit back, relax, and get ready for an awakening experience and a newfound sense of inner awareness. Hey everybody, Natalie Thomas here, and welcome to another episode of the Now with Nat podcast. Today we are going to talk all things holistic health and nutrition and how to heal the gut. Our guest today is Anna Svedberg, and she is a holistic health and nutrition coach within gut health. Anna uses mindfulness practices such as yoga, meditation, journaling, and affirmations to help people heal their gut to regain their energy but to also feel more light, vibrant, and free. Anna is originally from Sweden, but has been living abroad for several years, such as the US, Portugal, and Bali, to name a few. Before becoming a certified holistic health coach and yoga teacher, Anna worked in the corporate world as a recruiter. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction. You are so welcome. And for our listeners tuning in today, where are you calling from? Yes, yeah, so I am right now back in, in Sweden. Oh, okay. So you're back in Sweden. So how long have you been yes. back? Because I know you're a world traveler. You've been living abroad for a while. Right. So I got back, I would say right when COVID hit. So like uh-huh. last year in, in March, mm-hmm. something like that. So okay. almost a year, which feels crazy. But wow. yeah. And when was the last time you were home for a year? Is that something normal or has it been a while? Right. Good question. I think, you know, now I'm 32 and I Mm -hmm. think the last time was, oh, maybe when I was, you know, 18, 20, something like that. It's a long time. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So it's been a long time. So (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just with everything going on, I know for for you, me, you know, the rest of the world, it's been like quite an adjustment and it's like, okay, didn't know this, this would happen. So anyway, I'm super excited to have you on the show and we're going to go ahead and dive right into it because I'm just so excited to talk to you because you're a holistic health coach, a nutrition coach, and you help people with gut health. And personally, this has been something that I've been struggling with for a really, really long time. How did you get started on this holistic health journey? Take us back to the beginning. Right. Yeah, good question. I mean, it all all started with my own healing journey. I think Mm -hmm. as for many people that's kind of where where it starts yeah so for me it was really so I was struggling with an eating disorder when I was 
I would say between the ages of like 16 to mm -hmm. 24, okay. something like that. Mm -hmm. So that, that in itself, of mm -hmm. course, triggered a lot of gut issues. It's like when you're not eating properly and you're having a bad relationship with food, mm -hmm. a lot of gut issues comes from that. So for me, it was a lot of bloating, constipation, pain, yes. these kind of things. And on top of that, anxiety, a lot of negative stress, low self-esteem, and all of these things, not knowing that now, but of course, also trigger one another. So gut issues trigger more mental health issues and, mm -hmm. and vice versa. Kind of fast forward a little bit. So yoga came into my life and that that was really the gateway into my healing. It wasn't an overnight thing, of course, but mm -hmm. that was really the, the gateway into everything. It was really a place where I was starting to come back to myself, to reconnect with myself. And mm -hmm. it was such a good you know, self-care and self-love practice for me. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it started. And mm -hmm. over time also food started to like it was starting to also heal my relationship with food mm -hmm. especially plant-based food i think just because a lot of yogis are into plant-based food so i yeah. think that's what you know how i got introduced to that and yoga in combination with the food that's really when i started to feel that you know not only my gut was getting a lot better but also the anxiety the stress mm -hmm. all these other things were also starting to to improve as well so that's really what, what led me to becoming very passionate about helping mm -hmm. other people on, on their mm -hmm. journeys as well. So with that, there's like so much that has come to mind for me because I feel like I've had such a similar journey to you where I went through an eating disorder, but I think I was the age 23 to 27 and around that age. However, and I will we'll dive on to like dive more into this later in the show, but my gut issues started in 2006. So I was 19 at the time, but that's when my unhealthy relationship with food started. I didn't necessarily have maybe an eating disorder, but I was an athlete. And I'm not sure if you've worked with athletes too. And when at the time when I was an athlete, it was, I was told I was too fat. When am mm. I eating? And then I got too skinny and I just never felt like good in my body. Right. So that's so interesting for you because at that time when you were going through your eating disorder, but then you found yoga and I did the same. <laughs> so yeah. it's such an amazing connection and how right. yoga can just also really start that healing process. And even for the listeners out there, something really important that you touched on was it's like a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. It yeah. is such a, it can be a very long process to overcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you see that with your clients now? And is that something you practice with your clients? Yeah, I do. And it's funny you bring that up because I do have clients, you know, that they come into the program and they're so, you know, then they've decided, okay, now I'm ready to, I'm ready to be healed. Yes, <laughs> so, of course. Then they're they ready. When I get that overnight thing, it's just, okay, what, what can I do to just be fixed? How long mm -hmm. does it take? Mm -hmm. But I'm also very clear with my clients that it's, like if I had a magic pill, if I had a, you know, magic wand, you know, I would use that to fix you right away. Yeah. But there's no such thing as a quick fix mm -hmm. solution. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work. And it's all about the journey and just being in, in the process well. So that's something I definitely have to work with, with mm -hmm. a lot of my clients as well to, to find mm -hmm. also peace 
with Mm -hmm. a journey that they're on for sure. Sure. And with your clients too, I'm sure it's such many different journeys that they're all experiencing. So you went through this whole process in the yoga and you know, eventually led you to starting Nourished with Anna, your company. And since starting your company and you've worked with different people now, do you see more people come through? So they, nor- they normally have gut issues or they want to heal their gut. Is it mostly related to eating disorders or is it just, is it more generalized than that? I would say it's more generalized than that. Mm-hmm. I have people that that do have, you know, more an eating disorder, just a bad relationship with food, but that can also come from the gut issues. Sure. Because you're getting, you know, scared of, you're feeling like, okay, I don't know what I can eat anymore. All foods feel like they're triggering issues. Like food is just an enemy all of a sudden. So that can also create a bad relationship with food. But It can also be a lot of other different things like stress. Someone could have been on medications for way too long. So it it really differs wherever it comes from, for sure. Like it differs just like from person to person. And and do you find even just for me on my journey, my stomach and my gut issues started before an eating disorder, you know, just along the lines of what you said, but it was definitely stress. It was, it was all of the stress I was holding in my stomach Mm -hmm. and I didn't know it at the time. So I was trying all these different foods. I was like, I can't eat this. I have to eat this. I would think I was eating too much like fiber or lettuce. And then I wasn't digesting it and I was bloated and constipated. Like the list goes on and on and on. But then when it came down to it, I, I thought, oh my gosh, like we're all, you know, our mind connects our our body and our you know the mind and the spirit you know connects the physical reality mm. so it was so much stress so are a lot of your clients coming to you with like a lot of just stressful issues and do you have to yeah. unpack that yeah definitely and i even have people that come and are like i feel like i'm eating super healthy and i'm doing all the the things right with the food but then you know i'm really diving into okay what what is your lifestyle? Looking at stress, uh-huh. you know, what are you going, what's going on in your life at the moment? And then we kind of figure out, okay, so it's probably stress that is causing it. So I think sure. it's also important to understand that even if it feels like you might be eating a relatively healthy diet, there might be a lot of other things that are triggering um, gut issues. Sure, to triggering that. So then on your yoga journey, you've been practicing yoga. You, you are a certified yoga teacher as well. Did you get certified in Sweden or did you travel no, somewhere? Yeah, I got certified in, in France. Of all oh, places. wow. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was mainly so cool. because of the teachers. So it wasn't really because, I mean, France is amazing. Yes. But it was the, the teachers that were having it were, were going to mm-hmm. have it in France. So that's how I ended up there. After you got your yoga certification and you've been practicing yoga, did you start teaching yoga before you transitioned more into becoming a health coach? And how did you, like, what was that pivotal moment for you deciding to be a health coach and getting your certification? That's a good question. So that happened very randomly. I had actually just taken on a new job to move from Portugal and I was going to move to to Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. So I had gotten this amazing offer to be a business manager for Sweden for this recruitment company, which... I had this feeling before I took that job, like maybe I should take a break and Mm -hmm. see what I want to do. But Mm -hmm. then I have this thing where it's just like, okay, maybe I should just take that. It's an amazing job. It looks good on paper, all these things. And just three months into that job, I was just one day sitting in a conference room. I was just like, what am I doing? Like this is 
so far away from what I really want to do. Like what mm-hmm. I want to do is like work with people with their health and yes. actually do that. So it was very, it just happened very randomly. So I actually just told my boss after a few months, like, I don't think I can, you know, put in the work and commit the, to this. I just, mm-hmm. I am so drawn to doing this thing and becoming a health coach and working with that. I think mm-hmm. the universe was just like pushing me very sure. hard. <laughs> yeah. Like go this way. <laughs> exactly. And you always know, and you can feel it in your body. That comes back Definitely. to another point that you had brought up and that had come to mind is, do you feel that your work in the corporate world or work in any sort of way had triggered more of like the stress in the gut, you know, maybe like psychological eating habits? How did that go for you? Because for me, my work after college is what prompted it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, after college, like the first job I had was with mm-hmm. a startup company and working hours was from 8, 9 a.m. in the morning till 10 p.m. That was like every single yeah. day. So I think that in itself also started to cause a lot of stress. During that time, I'm still a bit of a perfectionist, but more so then, very ambitious and just pushing things mm-hmm. a lot. So definitely a lot of the, the gut issues were also, I mean, more triggered during that time, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for me. It was a really stressful job. I was a personal mm-hmm. assistant on a movie set. And same, it was like those long hours of the right. wake up at six, get home at 10. And I'm like, what am I doing? And it just prompted yeah. all of this like anxiety. And the pressure, I think, personally, in Western society, we have this pressure to be a certain way or to look a certain way. And what hey, you had mentioned that perfectionist about who, you know, mm-hmm. we have to be this perfectionist. And I went through that. And it's so interesting to hear that that's something you went through. And to be that perfectionist, you know, mindset is we coped with food and it went into our gut. Yeah. And we went into our solar plexus, which is our third chakra. That's the sense of self. That's the sense of who we are. Exactly. So did you find like relation with that too? Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially this, you know, perfectionist aspect, that's been something, you know, since I was very young, doing things that I thought I should do. I mean, I, I absolutely, I loved school. It wasn't that, but I've always felt, I think, something that, you know, okay, something is a little bit off or like mm-hmm. doing things just to, to have good grades. Maybe not looking at, okay, why am I actually doing this? Yeah. Just doing things because like, oh, good grades, you're supposed to have good grades. You're supposed to get a good job. Like there was one point where I just wanted to get into a good, you know, investment firm or a consulting mm-hmm. company, but not really thinking, okay, why, why do I actually want to do that? So yeah. looking back, I think a lot of it was just because, okay, we're supposed to do that. That's sure. kind of when you've made it. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> working in one of these companies, I'm like, okay, but that's when you've made it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that makes sense to like put that mm-hmm. as a goal. So I think later on, I kind of just realized that that's just wasn't aligned with, with who I am and what I wanted to do and really just going against my own truth and in mm-hmm. that sense. Sure. And half the times it's in, you know, even for our listeners out there who, you know, they think they have to like show up a certain way and be a certain way that's not authentic to them. It's, it's like, we can't even, we can't put ourselves down about that. That's what we were taught. And that's what we were taught. And that's what Mm. our parents were taught. And that's what society was taught. And then all it does is just get passed down. So it's like, how do we peel off these layers and unravel that, 
oh, I actually can create my own path and I don't have to present myself a certain way that doesn't feel like me. That's really, really powerful that you had found that too. So through the yoga, did you tap more into your spirituality, your mindfulness? I know you use like affirmation practices, which I love. I don't know if you've read Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life. It's like, it's about affirmations. I'll send it to you. So how did you like dive more into the mindfulness and spirituality? Did that come through the yoga practice? Yes, I think it did. You know, I've always been very curious about spirituality. Like for me, you know, definition of spirituality is being connected to yourself. Like yes, you really exactly. are. But it could also be things, you know, spirituality, past lives, these kind of things mm-hmm. as well. And that's something I've always been, even as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, very curious about those kind of things. Like it's never been something strange for me. Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> that people talk with people on the other side. It's just like, well, that's, you know, it hasn't felt like something strange for me. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, even as a kid, that was something I was curious about. And mm-hmm. then, of course, with with yoga and just getting to know myself better, it's just, you know, practices that I've built on after that as well with journaling, affirmations, and mm-hmm. these kind of things. Yeah, Amazing. And I love that you said you had this, like, Well, one, I love that you said about spirituality. It's just like our connection to self. It's like being the most authentic person of ourselves that we can be, Mm. which is a lifelong Mm. journey. And everyone in this world has their own, is everyone is spiritual in their own way. And it's just connecting more back to yourself. But then the, you know, people who can channel and it's like, same, it's like, oh, that's just natural. I mean, I channel Mm -hmm. in my readings with people. Sometimes I'm like, somebody's coming through. (laughs) I think it's, uh, is this your uncle? (laughs) They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, they have this message, blah, 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 blah. Did this happen? And it's just like, oh, you know, it's normal, especially now it's more accepted, I think, versus absolutely was, you know, when we were 24 and like just starting this journey. And I definitely felt very alone at times. But yeah, so you had this like inner knowing of, the, the mindfulness world of, oh no, this is like actually, this, this makes you feel comfortable being in, yeah. in that space and then diving into it. So with the mindfulness practice, the yoga, when was that turning point where you were like, you know what, I am going to do it and go get my certification? So I think that was really that time in, in Copenhagen. So that was really that kind of turning point where I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, now I'm going to get certified. I'm actually going to do this you know, take it yeah. seriously. And I'm actually going to do this now. And I had this feeling like, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also, I've always been, you know, kind of looking for approval for things. Like, should I do this? Is that a good decision? But I was just like, now I'm just gonna, <laughs> this is what I feel is right for me. I'm just going to do it. So that was definitely the time where I was just like, okay, now I'm going to go full speed on this and do sure. this and the the yoga teacher training just came a bit later. Oh, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Okay, cool. So you did this first and then yeah, the yoga exactly. teacher training. Oh my gosh, amazing. And how long did your holistic health certification take? So it took me one and a half years to do it. Uh-huh. So I was still working part-time, which was amazing. The company mm-hmm. I was with allowed me to do that. So it was a really good setup. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, that's incredible. And was it a program that anyone can do in the world or was it specific to where you were? No. So this was like an online thing in in Switzerland. So anyone can do it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. What was the name of your program for people? Yeah. So it's called the International Institution of Naturopathy. So then after you got your certification for the holistic health coach, and then you're doing the yoga teacher training as well, and I'm sure now you're able to combine everything. Take us through like what a process would be like when you're, you're coaching somebody and you're with somebody. What techniques do you like to use? I know we, we mentioned a few, but take us through that process. Right. So I, I mean, I use a very holistic approach with, with my clients. Mm-hmm. So the first thing, whenever someone comes into the program, is really to look at you know, understanding their history, really trying to understand, okay, so what, what is the underlying issue for the problem? Because that's what a lot of people miss. Yeah. <laughs> that's also why, you know, people take medications because it, it just covers up the, the symptoms, but you mm-hmm. never really get to the underlying problem. So it's really about getting there because then it's mm-hmm. so much easier to adapt the, you know, the diet, the, yeah. the practices, all these kind of things. So that's the first thing and just understanding, you know, what the person is, is doing today, you know, diet wise, lifestyle as much yeah. as possible to just understand that. And then it's really um, looking, you know, one part of it is the, the diet aspects so of a big focus on plant-based eating, which is just ideal mm-hmm. for gut health. So it's really, and that's also customized to, to the person, depending on the issues that they're having, et cetera. Okay. It's just adapted to, to that. And then, you know, it's really also getting into stress management, emotional balance. So mm-hmm. that whole side as well. And I would say also the practices, you know, yoga, meditation are big parts, but the practices also are customized to, to the person, you know, what I think the, the person needs and, you know, just what they are open. Sure. Sure. I love that you customize it specific to them. So after hearing, okay, this is what you're going through. Got it. And cause everybody types different too. And a lot of people are, have different emotional needs or, yeah. you know, specific things they need to work on. And how long right. is your whole program? So when, when someone joins, they actually have lifetime access to, to the program. So okay. it's like six training modules that people go mm-hmm. through and then they have weekly coaching and just a, mm-hmm. a community where they also have daily support mm-hmm. but I decided that you know I wanted to create this lifetime access because I really love the the community aspect so fantastic you know I didn't want someone to feel like they they joined you know and then two months go and maybe let's say something happens in their life I mean things happen <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> so you know then you might have a, a month where you can't do that much. And mm-hmm. I didn't want someone to feel like they were had to leave the program and had to start over or do something else. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, you're in for it for life once you're in. Oh, wow. That's powerful. So like once you're in, you're in and um, mm-hmm. that person has the support they need, you know, that's amazing. That's incredible. It's super, super cool. So for everyone listening, if you join Anna's program, which we will share at the end, you yeah. do get lifelong access. Awesome. Yeah. And I want to go back to the mental health connection with your clients. Do you feel that people who come forth or have gut issues or just any type of holistic health issues, and yes, it starts in the mind, but do you see people are more perfectionists that come through or they're trying to control something? How is that all connected? Yeah, good question. Definitely the perfectionism. And I think especially because 
most of my clients are women. That's a very common thing, the, the perfectionist trait or trying to control things. But not only that, but also the, uh, the challenge of, for us to prioritize ourselves. So that's also where a lot of the, the stress comes in. Mm-hmm. As women, we tend to, we want to care for everyone else and, you know, the people placing these kind of things. So it's very easy to create a lot of stress and, you know, perfectionism mm-hmm. around that as well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so absolutely. And as women too, we have that overly caring aspect and, you know, that nurturing of, mm. oh, we have to please others. And of course, men go through this. I see this with my men clients where they always have to please others, but especially women, we are the, oh, is everyone okay? And then sometimes we neglect our own needs. And mm-hmm. that self-care is so, so important because when we right. do put ourselves first, then we put others first around us. But it's coming to that spot in our minds where we are allowed to put ourselves first. Cause I'm sure even the self care is probably a big part of your practice, your, you know, what you teach clients too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And coming back to that spot of the self love and the affirmations. And so I want to talk about the affirmations. This was something that I started diving into after I read the book by Louise Hay. Give us some examples of affirmations. So if anybody's listening, like what's, one or two affirmations that they can use. Maybe they're struggling with food or an eating disorder, or they're just super stressed in general, have a lot of tummy issues. Like what are like one or two affirmations that we can share? Right. So I think a really good one that I, you know, recommend to, to my clients, because sometimes when we are, you know, about to make changes and you know, whether we're bought in everything, mm-hmm. we have this goal in, in mind that we need to fix things. And of course we are working on fixing things. But something that can be good to, to just start with is just like something like, I respect my body. Just starting there, like wherever you are right now, that's fine. And just respecting where you are right now. Mm-hmm. Then you can always, you know, make changes. But that's mm-hmm. important just to create that connection with yourself as well. Just respecting where, where you are. Mm-hmm. So that's a really powerful one. And another one that we also use is just also to remember the the things that that we're doing along the way that are good and just saying I am proud of myself for Mm -hmm. whatever it might be that could be too I'm proud of myself for cooking two plant-based meals this week I'm proud Mm -hmm. of myself for taking 10 minutes for myself so because that's Mm -hmm. another thing that I see and you know it's also a challenge for me sometimes Mm -hmm. to kind of reward ourselves and looking yeah. at what we actually are progressing with. So I would say that's uh, that's another one. I well. love those. And I love like, the first one you said, I respect myself. Is that the one? I respect myself. Yeah. I respect my body. A lot of times we think, you know, I will love myself when, and yes. that's not in this moment. I will love myself when I'm two sizes too smaller or 20 pounds or 10 kilos lighter. And it's like, no, where can we find that connection to ourselves to love ourselves in this moment where we're at and be proud of ourselves for the little things that we're accomplishing during the day. And food is such an important part of this for, you know, everyone listening, because I've had to learn how to eat certain ways to like listen to my body. But it's a lot of times if someone's struggling with just the art, and I say art because it is an art to eat, like it's, it can be a beautiful thing, but sometimes it's not even about the food. Like we have to eat healthy, but it's been coming back to the mental and then, then the food in the gut 
issues slowly start to go away. And then you start to crave and want those nice, healthy, nourishing foods. Because of course, what we put in our body is like very important. Absolutely. (laughs) So I'm sure that you have seen that as well. Did you feel that with yourself like during your own healing process? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I get the question sometimes like, oh, so Anna, what do you do when you crave meat? Or what do you do when you crave okay. you know, junky food or sweets? I'm like, I never crave those kind of things anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really, you know, I mean, I can, I love sweet things, but for me, you know, that could be fruit or dates or yes. something like that. So I think absolutely. And you, like you said as well, once you start to actually eat more nutritious food, like your, your body adapts to that, to that and your taste buds as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. That just like starts to naturally heal itself. And I noticed that too, with my own like healing journey, as you had mentioned that it's like, okay, I I started just to want to eat healthier. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't thinking about, oh my gosh, like if I eat this, like it's going to be the worst day ever. And sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to allow myself just to eat that. And then, oh, I'm, I'm fine. But it took that whole journey (laughs) of healing the mind and like loving myself. And, you know, as you had mentioned, using the affirmations and coming back to who, you know, who I truly am. And I think it's a lifelong journey for everyone listening. You know, I think it's a lifelong healing process and we're always working on ourselves and always trying to better who we are. But I love like the affirmation practices and the self-love. I think that's just incredibly powerful in general. And are a lot of your clients based in Europe or are they all over the world or where is more your demographic? So I would say it's all over. I don't know if it's because I've also traveled a lot myself, but it's mm-hmm. I have clients in Australia, in the US, mm-hmm. Bali, wow. but also back here in, in Europe. So it's it's everywhere. Of course, um, you know, with time zones, it's just to kind of work that out. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I mean, with I mean, technology today, it's very easy to, yeah. to do that. No, that's amazing. And I did want to talk again too about like the men versus women. I know there's a lot more women clients coming to you, but do the men struggle with same, like similar mindsets of like the perfectionism and I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough. Cause even when I was in the sports world and even the acting world, like I've noticed that men, oh wow, like men actually go through this too. And I didn't realize that because a lot of right. times women are, you know, that's something more that's out there that we go through, but right. there's also men out there struggling struggling as well that need, you know, they maybe aren't as open or maybe more nervous to receive the guidance that they need. Yeah, absolutely. No, I see that as well with, you know, men that I'm working with too, that also that, you know, once they start to open up as well, it kind of also comes down to this. I don't feel connected to myself. Like I don't feel that I love my body. I don't feel that I'm at a place where I want to be. It, it Sometimes mm-hmm. it just takes, I think, a little bit more time. And I think also, but I think now today, men are starting to to become more vulnerable and open up yes. about these kind of things. I think it's just because maybe we're in, in the time of more the, the feminine energy as well, that that men are also starting to, to open up about these things mm-hmm. um, as well. So yeah, I absolutely see that too with them. Yeah, no, that's great. I think it's being, you know, it's just, also, it's just more accepted now as a whole, like in society, for people to tap more into themselves, put themselves first, and really come back to that place of the self-love and who they are. Well, Anna, for everybody listening out there who is looking to connect with you, where can we find you? Where can we find Nourish with Anna? 
Yeah. So I would say the best place is probably on uh, Instagram if you okay. want to connect there. So Nourished with Anna. And otherwise, the, the program itself is called Your Healthy Happy Gut. Okay. But I always recommend you can always send me a message or reach out on, on Instagram if, uh, if any mm-hmm. questions. Amazing. And one more question actually came to mind just when you mentioned your Instagram name. It made me think of social media and how society and social media portrays an image that we need to be or their perfectionism. How do you feel just about I, and you know what? I think there's like more movements coming out of like body positivity, which is great. But how mm. do you feel about social media in general? Like with have you seen your clients struggle with that or comparing themselves to others? Good question. So not any of the clients I've had so far haven't Mm -hmm. really, I've had maybe a couple that, you know, are on social media a lot and see a lot of things. And then I think it's more, you know, just having a conversation around that and, you know, either to recommend, okay, so if there are, because as soon as there are accounts you follow and you, you follow them and whenever you see something that you compare Mm -hmm. and it doesn't inspire, it's better to just unfollow in that case, mm-hmm. like That's people should, nice. you know, inspire and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be for, for comparison. 100% because there's like the two sides. It's like follow those accounts that feel in alignment for you. And like, and if something doesn't make you feel good and it's okay to unfollow too. Yeah, so totally, totally. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to talk to you, have you on the show. Thank you so much for opening up about your experience and you are doing amazing things. And I can't thank you enough. And well, we hope to have you back next time. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. Take care. Thanks. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into today's episode. Please make sure to visit thenowwithnat.com for more information on how you can step into your own power and ignite the transformation from within. Here you can also download a free 10-minute guided meditation. Have an amazing rest of your day, and until next time, namaste.